The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to preview this Sunday afternoon's game between the Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals out west. Walter Mitchell, who's the deputy editor and feature writer for the SB Nation Cardinals site Revenge of the Birds, is going to join me to break down all of the different stories and angles heading into this matchup as the 2-2 two two Cardinals host the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles looking to continue their run as the only unbeaten team in the NFL. But it's been a while since the Eagles won out in Arizona, not since 2001 when the Cardinals were in and were an NFC East team was the last time the Eagles went out to Arizona and beat the Cardinals. But uh, the Eagles, big favorites to win this weekend, but we'll talk about all these matchups coming up here in the next few minutes. Want to remind everybody, check out all of the Bleeding Green Nation podcasts we have for you. BGN Radio, but now a new format switching up, and they're splitting into two podcasts, one in the beginning of the week to recap the game and one later in the week as a preview for the week ahead. So that's a that's a cool thing. And uh, we've got some new podcasts coming to the feed. So make sure you, you check out the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed to see what is coming. Well, this weekend marks, a, it's a very interesting game the Eagles are playing in Arizona. The Eagles have struggled there uh, in their last few times out there. Um, and they take on a Cardinals team that's uh, kind of had a, they have a two and two record, but have been a little bit of an enigma so far this year. They lost their opening game against a very good Chiefs team uh, in Kansas uh, at home against Kansas City, 44-21. They went into Las Vegas and beat the Raiders in overtime, 29-23. Lost to the Rams at home, 20-12. And then last week against the Carolina Panthers, went into Carolina and pulled out a 26-16 win. So the, the Cardinals two and two as they get ready to play the Eagles this year. Joining me to help break down this matchup is Walter Mitchell. We've talked to him before when the uh, last time these two teams played a couple of years ago. He's the deputy editor and feature writer of Revenge of the Birds, the SB Nation Cardinals site. And he also hosts a podcast called The Red Rain Podcast. Make sure you check that out. He's on Twitter at WBJ Mitch. Walter, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy. How are you, man? Thanks a lot, Eagle John. I'll tell you, to be back. <laughs> you guys are the toast of uh, the NFL right now, and I, following your off season, man, you were crushing it. And uh, I, I was tossed, tossing and turning between which NFC team I thought had the most complete roster, and I had you guys right up there. Um, and people were saying you're crazy. Uh, well, now I don't look too crazy. 
No. I, and I think in Philadelphia, we thought the roster was really good. And really the biggest question was the quarterback. And, um, I think he's answered a lot of those questions a month into the season. They've, they've been finding all kinds of different ways to win here in these first four games too, which I think is a sign of a, a pretty good team. So uh, I'm going to ask you about Jalen hurts here in just a second. Um, but let's, I do want to talk and focus mostly on what's been going on with, with you all, because you talked about the Phil, the, uh, the Eagles off season and um, all of the holes that they managed to fill with quality players. Howie Roseman really did have a terrific off season. And I think it's fair to say that the Cardinals off season was kind of a rough one, right? I mean, you had the DeAndre Hopkins suspension that you're still dealing with. Uh, there was a lot of controversy over the Kyler Murray contract extension. Um, and, and, and this comes off of the 7-0 start last year and then the struggles down the stretch, losing to the Rams in the playoffs. And they just just feel like there, there was kind of a, a bad vibe around the team during the course of the offseason. Has that carried into the start of the regular season? What are the vibes for Cardinals fans right now? Uh, well, right now we're feeling a little bit relieved based on the early schedule to be two and two after playing the Super Bowl teams, <laughs> losing yeah, right. them <laughs> at home. Um, and then, uh, the Raiders up in Vegas, uh, you know, with their talent on offense and, and pass rushers, that was a miraculous win. So that was a relief. And then taking care of business down at Carolina, um, a game that I was really nervous about. And they've had our number since 2013. We haven't beaten them in years. And uh, so um, at two and two, I think Cardinal fans are uh, feeling a little bit better. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, there's no question. I mean, this offseason, it was just very – um, disturbing and troubling on a number of levels. And it was not indicative of a team that wanted to follow the Bucks and the Rams <laughs> motor yeah. operandi for uh, trying to compete for a Super Bowl in your own building because uh, the Super Bowl is in Arizona this year. So right. the, the context of that seemed awfully troubling that uh, there was so much acrimony and for a while there, it looked like Kyler Murray wanted to force a trade. Um, I mean, why else would you scrub your socials? And then the whole yeah. ransom note from the agent. The only real winner of the whole uh, preseason was the agent, who not only got <laughs> Kyler signed to the second highest contract in NFL history, but he got his, you know, Cliff Kingsbury signed to a five-year extension along with his good friend Steve Keim, the Cardinals GM. All of that has made Cardinal fans, in general, very uneasy um, because the jury's still out on Keim, on Kingsbury, and in some cases on Murray. Um, yeah. So makes us nervous, but, uh, you know, there are times when Kyler does his magic, you know, performs his magic, and then you think, okay, well, I mean, Cliff said about Kyler, and I think this is true, that when Kyler's doing his thing and is at his best, uh, there are few who can do what he can do. And right. So uh, that is correct. But the question is, um, with Kyler, uh, can he sustain it? Can he, was, you know, um, avoid the injuries? And can he take it deep into a season, which he hasn't proven yet? 
Right. And I think, you know, the offense has done okay so far this year. They they've averaged 22 points a game. So they're, it's like 14th in the NFL. That's kind of middle of the pack. The defense has really been, I think the bigger issue between the two, uh, between the two sides of the ball, but kind of continuing the focus on Kyler Murray. Uh, there was a lot of focus and a lot of talk about the homework clause in the contract that was put in there and then removed. It seems like there's been a lot of up and down with him. Uh, he has a passer rating of just 85.2 so far this year. So obviously the numbers indicate he's not having a very prolific season throwing the football, but we know a lot of his game also depends on his legs and his ability to make plays in the pocket. And obviously he's missing his number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. So as you look at Kyler Murray and he's played some good teams for sure, what letter grade would you give him one quarter of the way through the season? That's a really hard assessment because, um, (laughs) The Cardinals, I mean, this is this game on Sunday, John, is going to feature the, the offense that's been absolute worst in the NFL in the first half of games so far mm-hmm. um, versus one of the, I guess you're, you know, versus the Cardinals. Uh, so the Cardinals have been the worst in the first half and they've been the best in the second half. So, <laughs> and then the Eagles have gone yeah. really good starts. Uh, yeah. I've watched um, – and you know some of their games, and I have a great interest in that team, of course, with Hassan Reddick, um, one of my favorites, who I still right. believe the Cardinals ever left let left leave the building. Um, and boy, did they misplay that whole situation! But that's for another time. Um, yeah. but, but for Kyler, it's a tale of two two halves. In the first half, I'd give him an F. In the <laughs> second half, I'd give him an A. Um, so, and it's just totally different approaches. And so I guess if you average the two is right around a C, which is how much of that, how much of that is on the coaching though, right? I mean, if the game plan they come out with isn't working, obviously the quarterback has something to do with that and and making some plays work, but how much of that is on the coaching staff? What's unclear, John, and, and for me and for a number of fans is who's actually calling the plays. Um, the Cardinals tend to run this kind of muddle huddle. Uh, the colleges do. I'm not a big fan of it, um, particularly when then you see uh, someone blow an assignment and the play's blown up. You know, sometimes in the huddle you can make sure, hey, don't forget the down block on this. Um, but um, Kyler has full autonomy to change the play uh, pre-snap. So. Okay. You know, what we don't really know is what Cliff called and then what actually, what play Kyler may have checked into um, pre-snap. So I see. But I've been calling the version of their football in the first half crawl ball. Uh, Hmm. (laughs) And it's just been, you know, little dink and dunks, hot potato, third down, just throw it out of bounds. No urgency to extend drives. Yeah. Um, it's just try to get away. You know, it's sort of like Kyler's been playing in, in the NBA mode. Like you just kind of get through the first half, like, it, you know, go through the motions and then, you know, amp everything up for the fourth quarter. And right. he's gotten away with that twice. But um, typically against good teams, um and you get in too deep of a hole like they did against the Chiefs and a little bit against the Rams, um, 
you know, it's hard to climb out, particularly when you're going against real good defenses like we have coming up with you guys. I, I mean, I looking at some of the numbers, they run a lot of their running plays out of the shotgun, and it seems like Kyler Murray, just like Jalen Hurts, these two teams, I, I think we're going to see you know, pretty much every play out of the shotgun. And there are, are they an RPO-heavy team here? I mean, it sounds like that'd be the kind of offense you want to run with Kyler Murray. Is he making smart decisions in, in that kind of an offense? Well, that, you're, you're hitting on key topics uh, because uh, there are those of us who believe Kyler should be under center more. I mean, John, we had a fourth and inches, two fourth and inches in the first half against Carolina. I, and the Cardinals hadn't scored yet. They're down on the four-yard line with forces, fourth and inches. And I don't know if it was Cliff's call or Kyler audibled, but they tried a jet sweep with Rondale Moore. No, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> and doesn't even block. Uh, Ryan Burns, who just nails, um, just comes through clean and nails. And this is, mind you, still, Cardinals are 0 for first quarter points in the NFL. I was saying, keep the field goal just to get off the schneid. You know, it's four games in. You know, let's get some points. It would be the first time the Cardinals ever led in regulation up to that point in game four. Wow. you know, that blew up. And then next time it's fourth and one, the Cardinals go a lot on fourth and ones. Um, just, good. They should. That's yeah. a good move. I mean, but yeah. So it's fourth and inches, actually. And Kyler's in the shotgun. And I'm screaming at the TV. I know a number of fans are like, come on, man. And yeah. lo and behold, Rodney Hudson snaps the ball over Kyler's head. And, so, <laughs> you know, and then we, he, Kyler scooped it up and threw it out of bounds. And, and now we gave it over on downs and, you know, stuff like that that just is mind-boggling. And what we're not, you know, on ESPN, they've been discussing this a lot. And I, when they're not talking about the, the Cowboys every second, right. tries to, <laughs> you know, with Marcus Spears and all that. But, but when they do find two seconds to talk about the Cardinals, the biggest debate is whether, you know, shouldn't Kyler be playing in a like Shanahan system? Mm-hmm. Or you're under center a lot, and you're using your mobility. Yeah, and this is what's mind-boggling to me, John, is that you got a Kyler Murray, and you relegate him ninety-five percent of the time to this spot at the back of what normal people would call a pocket, but it's not a pocket because he never steps up into it. Mm-hmm. So it's a spot. He's playing on a spot, as if he's on the couch with a joystick playing a video game. And that's yeah. where he wants to win. That's where he wants to beat you from that spot. Hmm. He'll flush out when pressure comes. But imagine, John. I mean, I mean, how much bootlegging and waggling does Hurts uh, do? No, it's not a lot. I mean, basically, when they're running that RPO, he's either handing the ball off to Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott, or he's taking off on a designed run, or then he's back and he's looking for his guys 10, 15 yards down the field. I mean, there's that that's been the thing with the with the Philly offense so far. It's been decisive, you know, and I think that's that's one of the things you would hope to see from Kyler Murray as he continues to play in Cliff Kingsbury's offense that you would see some progression there. There'd be some familiarity. You could build on things from one year to the next. And it doesn't sound as if that's happening based on what you're describing. No. And I think at this point, 
no one's really sure what they're doing. I mean, Cliff came into the NFL hoping to run a version of the air raid. And that changed very quickly in year one after first two or three games. The um, the assistant coaches who were and had NFL experience talked him into going into more of 12 personnel and mm. running the ball more. And you're going to see 12 and 13 personnel because um, of our tight end unit. Um, yeah. And, of course, we get the big, you know, it's going to be a big emotional game for Zach Ertz. Yeah, our old pal Zach Ertz, yeah. So, but yeah. RPOs are not like our thing now, really. I mean, they'll hand it off to, to it's not a, like a handoff. You, you, he, Kyler doesn't do many read, you know, like speed reads, uh-huh. uh, option reads, um, maybe a couple a game, but it's not like classic RPO where you're looking downfield to see the linebacker and see if he's coming up so that you can pull it back to throw to a, a quick slant over the middle or something like it's not like a classic RPO with the Cardinals. I see much more of it with Jalen Hurts and yeah. of course uh, you guys have um AJ Brown. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that's one of the big matchups I think really favors the Eagles here in this one is is AJ Brown's size against a, a smaller Cardinals secondary. I, it seems like a game where he and Dallas Goddard might be able to really do a lot of damage over the middle. I think so. Um although if Isaiah Simmons is is uh, up to the task. He can make a difference there, um, and he's getting more playing time. Thank God, that's been a yeah. issue. But um, yeah, I, and also I think the Cardinals will probably put Byron Murphy on um, on AJ Brown um, and cover him from out of the slot. Uh, but Goddard, you know, I think that probably Isaiah will take him um, if when they go the man. We play a lot of zones. We're not, you know, most of the fans are not fans of our zones. They're kind of, <laughs> um, you know, our pass rush is is pretty good. Um, but when we play zone, the ball comes out quickly and kind of negates that. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think I saw one of the um, uh, Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN Radio mentioned, I think that you guys have four sacks on the season. Um, and I, I guess my question is, how do you, how do you, survive as a defense if you're not getting to the quarterback it, it sounds like they're having a hard time getting to the quarterback well, i did did an article about wrote an article about this yesterday on revenge of the birds called um valley ballers instead of volleyballers okay knocking down a bunch of passes um jj watt had a beauty last week that went right into dennis gardock's arms for an interception which he ran down to the five yard line zach allen blocked three spats past his temps last week he's gets his paws up there he's really good at it it's sort of like we have a volleyball team it's just when they know they're not going to get home they get their hands up fast and, and okay. jump and they, some have pretty good verticals too so um like isaiah has a 39 vertical and he's six four with like 33 inch arms so i mean you got guys who could not swat passes down but here's the other interesting stat is that even though we're not getting home with the sacks, we're, uh, the Cardinals are fourth in the NFL in, in um, pass rush win rate percentage. So I'm mean, okay. getting the pressure, and they're like six in the NFL in pressures. So they're getting the pressure, but what, what's happening in it is that quarterbacks, like you know Mahomes, I mean, he, mm-hmm. 
we blitzed him 54% of the time. Yeah. And he just had the answer for it. And he, he could have played in a tuxedo. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he just knows how to sidestep and just zoom, get rid of the ball. Yeah. Played against quarterbacks who typically, you know, can get rid of the ball quickly. And that's what's been happening. But the pressure's pretty good. And if we get our coverage straightened out and get peskier and stickier in coverage, it may lead to more sacks and turnovers. So if you're Vance Joseph, obviously defensive coordinators, they're looking to take something away, right? They, and they try to focus in on, on one big thing to take away because you can't take everything away. But the Eagles have so much going for them right now. If you're Vance Joseph, what aspect of the Eagles offense are you trying to take away? Miles Sanders. Right off Really? The bat. Okay. Yep. I mean, that'll be the priority. No advance. Um, that'll be the key is to try to – I think they'll – try to limit the running game and, and hope then that they can get to um, Hertz, Hertz and, um, and uh, before he can get it to your uh, plethora of great. <laughs> um, but Jalen Smith, God, I love that kid. That was a great pickup for you guys. And, um, you know, and then of course Goddard is one of the better tight ends in the NFL. And, uh, you know, um, who's the kid Watkins who's Oh, Quez Watkins. Yeah. The slot, our slot guy. Yeah. He's, they don't talk about him a lot, but he's a, he's a field stretcher in the middle of the field. He clears a lot of things out for those guys. He's, he's dangerous. He's four, three, five speed. So, yeah, I mean, you guys have, and then, but Miles Sanders, in my opinion, is the straw that stirs the drink. Um, you know, if, if you, don't pay attention to him because he's so versatile and uh, he's having a heck of a start of the season. Um, yeah. So I think trying to contain him and while um, helping out on the others is going to be a, a priority. All right. Well, look, it's, it's prediction time here. Um, and the, the Eagles do have some injury issues that they're dealing with. It doesn't look like Jordan Mylotta. Uh, outside linebacker Patrick Johnson, Jake Elliott, and Devontae Maddox are going to play here. Neither, None of those guys practiced on Friday. It looks like they'll get Isaac Sayamalo back, but um, you're likely going to have Jack Driscoll, who played pretty well at left tackle in, in place of uh, Jordan Mailata last week. Uh, we'll likely get the start again at left tackle this week. Uh, and I know the Cardinals are dealing with some injury issues. How, how healthy are they coming into this game? Well, the biggest worry is that the offensive line um, at the guard and center spot, left guard and center spot. Um, okay. Rodney Hudson has a knee. He's not practiced yet this week. Uh, Max Garcia, who came in for Justin Pugh, the starter, Pugh has an elbow. Um, he hasn't practiced this week. And Mark Garcia, who came in for Pugh, has a toe injury. He hasn't played this week. We have Sean Harlow, who's a backup center. They just signed Billy Price to the roster and let Andy Isabella go. Um, and um, so uh, what's unclear now is who's going to be able to, will Hudson be able to play? If not, Harlow plays center or Price. I don't know how Price in three days of practice can step into this offense and play, but um, that's a huge, you know, and you guys are stout up front. Heart. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Fletcher Cox. <laughs> How's your, how's your big boy rookie doing? 
he's doing real he's doing well i think he, they're increasing his snap total a little bit every week i think he was up to about uh i forget exactly what the snap count was but uh he's in the upper 20s to low 30s now um and he's really starting to impose his will especially on running downs it's only a matter of time before he starts getting home to the quarterback i think he's gotten close once or twice but he's starting to get some tackles behind the line and he's just he's taking up a whole lot of real estate in the middle of that line and letting other guys do their thing so jordan davis is off to a really good start they're easing him in which is i think smart given the depth that they have and um they're rotating a lot of guys in and out so everybody's staying fresh and that's why i think you're seeing really good starts from fletcher cox fletcher cox and brandon graham they're not playing right 80% 80% of the snaps, you know, they're in the mid fifties or something like that. So they're, they're both getting the, the, the rest they need so that they can be fresh when they're on the field. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really interesting about this game or some of the synchronicities um, is that uh, of course the Hassan Reddick and Zach Ertz stories are really yep. fascinating. Um, so, but you also have um, both teams use the first round draft pick to, to um, acquire a wide receiver. Right. You guys got A.J. Brown. We got Marquise Brown. Both right. Browns. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they've had, I know they've had trouble getting the ball downfield to them. I think they have some of the lowest uh, uh, yards per target to, to their receivers in the NFL so far this season. Well, Marquise has picked it up. Um, he's like, he's in the top 10 of receiving yards and, and receptions. And he had a great, over-the-shoulder TD last week. Um, and they've he's the only one they've really been hitting downfield. Um, and he's getting off press coverage better than ever before. So, uh, boy, is he quick. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he and Kyler have sort of a, you know, an inbred um, chemistry. So that's great to see. So it was, I think, a really timely move for the Cardinals, knowing that, DeAndre Hopkins was going to be out. So I think it's given us a lift. Um, and just as AJ Brown, I mean, he is a stud and, uh, you know, and I mean, he was the toast of the off season. Really. That was one of the great moves mm. and he and Jalen hurts had been working out and, you know, this is exactly what you want. You want this kind of chemistry. That's the Stafford cup thing all over again from last year, right. you know, but then you we also have a battle of, um, practice squad kickers heading into this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got Jake Elliott out and we have someone else in common. And so we have Matt Prater's out and then is uh, Matt Amendola, um, who was, who cameoed for the chiefs while, while Bucker was out. And I hit, guess hit three out of four field goals. So, you know, they've got him in there. Um, So that might have a factor in the game. Yeah, the kicking games could be an adventure here on Sunday, no doubt about it. All right, so let me get a prediction from you, Walter. How do you see this thing shaking out? Um, well, one streak's going to break. You know, either your four-game winning streak or the Cardinals' seven-game losing streak at home going back to last year. Right. Well, the, the Eagles have not won in Arizona in their last five trips out there either. Right. So the the Eagles could be looking to break a an Arizona losing streak as well. Right. I think... It really depends on how well the Cardinals can come out this week. They can't afford another first half just crawl ball performance. So I think early on, if the Cardinals are holding their own and it's a tie game or very close at halftime, I think the Cardinals could prevail in this. Um, I think they have a better roster than the teams you've played 
um, or a more veteran roster too, because the Jaguars are so talented, but they're young. Mm. But, um, I think this will be a, a really good test for you. Um, and, um, you know, the fascinating thing for me in this game is the Hertz-Murray matchup. Um, yeah. different, uh, you know, the, the Oklahoma kids. Um, and Kyler had a matchup with Baker Mayfield last week, so he's going back-to-back Oklahoma kids. So it's going to be fascinating. What's your prediction? I I was initially going to pick the Cardinals to win this game only because uh, the Eagles really have had struggles out there and it's a tough place for them to play. It seems like yeah. I, I do feel and, and I am a little concerned about some of the injury issues that the Eagles are are dealing with. This just looks like a, this also looks like a game you fly all the way out to Arizona and it's just maybe opponent you can take a little bit lightly. But the Eagles haven't done that yet this year. They haven't taken anybody lightly. I don't think they're built that way. So I do think the Eagles will end up winning this game. I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be maybe lower scoring than than we're thinking. I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 26, 20. No, it's going to be 26. That's a lot of field goals. I think it's going to pretty much be a touchdown battle here uh, with the Eagles. I'm going to say, I'll say 28-24 Eagles win this one. Wow. At least you didn't say 12 to 9. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's too. Yeah, I'm not going there. That was awful last on Thursday night, man. Oh, so thank you for not saying that. Yeah. But, yeah um, hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'd like to reciprocate and have you on the Red Rain and talk about uh, the, your Eagles as we, you know, as this season. You might be going on a trip like the Cardinals did last year. Uh, yeah. Towards, uh, you know, we went seven and zero, and then till stuff started happening but um but i wishing you guys the best and of course Hassan reddick's one of my favorite players so uh, i'm not wishing him well in this game but beyond that i hope he (laughs) the uh nfc east (laughs) yeah well the reigning the reigning nfc defensive player of the week with a couple of strip sacks last week uh you know i know you guys aren't hoping he does the same thing here but listen folks make sure you're checking out everything walter mitchell is writing over there at revenge of the birds and check out his podcast the Red Rain Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at WBJ Mitch. Walter, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, John, and talk to you soon, man. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. want to remind you to check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day. We are keeping you up to date with the latest news, notes, and rumors about the Philadelphia Eagles as they are going on a special run here to start the season. Let's hope they keep it rolling in a game that's worrying me big time here this weekend in Arizona. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. 